we're delighted to have RuPaul here with a lesson on how to be fabulous. Wow, I thought nobody could teach me anymore about being <laughs> fabulous, but I guess it's true. So you're in your sixth season. Sixth season of, of RuPaul's, RuPaul's Drag, Drag Race. Race. So what's different this season? It's always different because of the personalities who get cast on right. the show. And, you know, these are little boys who were, you know, cast off and, and made fun of and prevailed irregardless of what anybody else had to say. I gotta look that word out. <laughs> Welcome to Radio Irregardless, your non-standard blend of irrespective and regardless. Now please welcome to the Internet Airwaves. Really? Internet Airwaves? It's, it's okay, you can just do it. It's just, just say Internet Airwaves, it sounds really cool. Alright, sorry, I'm just... Internet gonna... Airwaves. Okay then, please welcome to the Internet Airwaves, your host, Mark Scalia. And welcome to Radio Irregardless with me, your host, Mark Scalia. Once again, we're back. I'm back. You're back. We're back. We're all here together once again. It's, uh, it's good to be back on the air. I had a very busy day today. I did uh, two shows locally, um, some uh, scary shows in Salem for the, uh, the kids. One nice group out of uh, New Jersey. New Jersey. Uh, and then uh, a nice, uh, another nice group for uh, a group out of uh, Alberta, Canada. They were very nice. They come here. They wanted to uh, show the money and the time, and uh, we made them scared. It was good. Uh, they all left the same. Uh, so, uh, in between the two shows, one at eleven and one at seven, uh, I did some show prep. Yay! And of course, I started the show, and then it glitched out. I thought, or I, I'm using a new. Um, I'll just back up a little bit. Mixler, which is the one of a website that you're listening to, uh, that's actually in charge of broadcasting the show. And if you're listening through markscalia.com, thank you. And if you'd like to participate in our live chat, certainly uh, click the box that has the speaker on it, and you will be transported to the Mixler website. Um, and then you can just sign in using any email address, uh, sometimes Facebook, and then you can chat live uh, with my uh, listeners and myself. I chat live and you chat live and we all communicate that way. Um, but they updated their operational software and the software, uh, I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to learn it. I See, I like to work on things that work and then for no apparent reason, they update them. And then they go, oh, we made it better. Uh, case in point, I was uh, I was doing some of the show today and the uh, the pre production stuff, and I was using which I've always used. I usually either use GarageBand or I use Adobe Sound Booth, which are the two sound editing programs that I use. And um, GarageBand has updated, and to like I think I have ten point four. They're up to eleven now at one point, but. They've advanced it so much that I don't know where anything is. I'm lost, baby. I'm just trying to work stuff out. But then I realized if you right-click any of the files that are older, um, 
you can open them with older the older version, which I didn't realize that was happening, but I went, yay, I did that. So, But uh, Mixler has updated their box, their broadcasting box, and I'm using that for the first time tonight, so hopefully it'll work, and I may get a little more acquainted, and uh, Paul of The Paul Report is actually on right now, and he's been using this for his show, and um, so I, I think it's a good thing. So I'm going to see how it works tonight. Plus, I've got the browser open so I can see all my wonderful listeners. Uh, and and uh, you guys can chat right away. There we go. It's, yeah, it's going to be a long story. It was a long story, and that's the end of it. That is the end of the story. Um, that And turn in for the rest of the story tomorrow. <laughs> I can't. I think that's copywritten. I don't want to steal that. <laughs> but uh, where am I? Where am I? Where? There I am. There I am. Um, so ladies and gentlemen, um, listening to Mixler and through my website, markscalia.com, you are listening to Radio Irregardless. This is your non-standard blend of irrespective and regardless. And I want to just let you guys know that if you choose, you can, uh, you can email me, you can do a phone call, you can do all that stuff. And cause at the end of the broadcast, we will be, um, taking some of those calls and, uh, reading some of those emails on uh, online. So, oh yes, and a quick shout out, as the kids say, to my friend Paul, uh, who had some, uh, he originally went um, to a clinic because he was had a cold, he believed. Um, and then they said anything else. He said, yeah, I, I can't really uh, close my eye all the way. And, I think, and they went, uh-oh. So right away, they thought it might be a stroke, stroke. Stroke. I didn't know I'd be doing this. Otherwise, I'd have that all queued up. Uh, <laughs> but when they brought him, they, they kept him overnight in the hospital and all day today. Um, actually, two days, I believe. Uh, had him in the hospital doing the MRIs and checking him, making sure. Good news is no stroke, which is awesome. Um, the bad news is he's well bad news it's it could be worse um he was died i don't even i don't should i i'll tell you what paul before i go through this should i i, I should ask your permission you can type it right in can i can i um alleviate any of these uh is this common knowledge at this point i know it's probably on, a lot of it's on facebook but um hey let me do a refresh because maybe my maybe my uh thing is slow i don't know no it's not slow. paul just isn't typing back what are you gonna do um so in the event <laughs> in full disclosure um he was diagnosed with uh with with bell's palsy um which i didn't know um i, I had no idea i was uh oh i didn't know i went i thought it was a serious thing he's like no it's treatable um and apparently i i have an eye infection because i've been sleeping um and my eyes not closing and i said to him i go well that's weird because it looks like um you look i mean in the movie uh, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, um, Gandalf had both his eyes open. So he probably has Bell's palsy, uh, but he's a wizard. So he's got the Bell's and Wizard's palsy. But that's it. But I'm glad to see my friend uh, rolling around, uh, not just rolling, but actually standing and moving and doing all that. Um, and uh, we're glad to have him there. And, uh, and not just Paul, but I'm glad to have all my listeners tonight uh, it's very good to see everybody online, whether you just got here, or whether you've been here since the very beginning. Um, but it's getting warmer, and and uh, and I've been prepping, and the show is undergoing different format changes. I'm really trying to streamline it to make it better. 
um, for you guys are listening. And uh, and now it's time for the moment you've all been waiting for, the Happening Now monologue. Everything that happens now is happening now. And it's happening right now, ladies and gentlemen. And as I've been doing for the past few weeks, I've done this week in movie history. I'll get a big bum 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 some kind of fanfare for that would be good. Um, so I will tell you this uh, about the... Uh, and I shouldn't say ah as much as I did. I'm trying to trying to not say ah. You can say when I say ah, it means I'm doing something else briefly, just so you know. Uh, <laughs> when I laugh, I really want to laugh. But I'm going to be doing the uh, this week in movie history. Uh, and for those of you who've been listening uh, for the past few weeks, the movie history started because I misquoted the day of the show I was on. So now what I do is I look up movie history for the week. So I have seven chances to get it right that I'm on the right day. So I uh, tell you something that happened this week in movie history. And if you're good, you might be able to actually name the movie from which I'm quoting. In Here we go. 1478 this week in history. Francisco de Paz is hung. <laughs> This according to his wife. Uh, (laughs) Um, I get it. Be a better sound effects. That's what I got to do. So if you guess that movie, you can put it in the chat if you you, uh, know it. Uh, In 1564, William Shakespeare is born. Uh, That was from the movie The Number 23, which it could have been any movie. In seven, this week in 1781, General Cornwallis retreats after being defeated by Major General Nathaniel Green in North Carolina, Wilmington, North Carolina, uh, from the movie The Patriot. Uh, yes, if you're playing at home. 1836, Sam Houston defeats Santa Ana's army at the Battle of San Juanito, and that's from the Alamo. 1889, Adolf Hitler is born this week. 1889. It's from uh, Hitler, Rise of Evil, but again, he could have been anything. Um, this is a. I'm. I'm going to let my listeners figure this one out, and I'm just going to tell you his parents because his parents, um, Thomas Button, in 1918, this week, 1918, Thomas Button marries Caroline. See if you can get that answer, and I'll uh, wait for the delay. Hitler was a Taurus. Uh no. Is it? No, no, no. He can't be a Taurus. Taurus is uh Taurus is actually in um before me, me. Yeah, Benjamin Button, correct. Jason got Benjamin Button on the on the uh the button, Thomas Button and Caroline Button Button. Nineteen sixty one, Mickey Mantle hits I gotta do it like this. Nineteen sixty one. Mickey Mantle hits two home runs in New York City. From the movie? It's uh pretty easy to remember that. Uh, I'll let you catch up on that one. Oh, it is Taurus. Yeah, there you go. Uh, in 2003, a hiker named Aaron gets stuck when a boulder traps his arm in Blue John Canyon, Utah. So we're still, uh, he's, you're offended. Really? You know, it's just, you know, it's Hitler. What are you going to do? You know, he's just a thing. So we're back three movies, two movies. Mickey Mantle hit, Mickey Mantle hits two home runs in 1961 this week. And this week, 2003, a hiker named Aaron gets stuck with a bol- when a boulder traps his arm in Utah. Uh yeah, 61 is correct. Uh between a rock and a hard place, even better. No, that's um that's a country song. Um uh, it was a book. Uh, I don't read. Um 
yeah, there was a there is a huge delay there. 127 hours is correct for that one. And here we go. In 2009, no one's going to get this one. Well, you might. Uh, in 2009, this week, Baltimore Ravens pick Michael Ower in the 2009 NFL draft in New York City. See if you can get that movie. And then we'll move on. There is a delay. There's just a standard delay. It's, it's you know, just what it is. If you need to, refresh, but you don't need to because that's what is happening. So um, I'll let you catch up on this, and then I'll bring you up to speed about this week, actually, uh, Monday. Uh, Monday, for those listening abroad who are not uh, privy to this uh this area of the country of which I'm from, the New England area, uh, the Boston Marathon. Actually, to be to be very very accurate, the hundredth and eight, the one hundredth and eighteenth running of the Boston Marathon, uh, twenty fourteen. It started in eighteen ninety seven. It's a very long time, a very long time. Blindside, Paul is correct. Yes, a rock and a hard place. That was the book for hundred twenty seven. Okay, Blindside. There you go. Everybody's catching them now. But the Boston Marathon was actually run on uh, Monday and uh last year of course everyone knows that uh there was uh there was a bombing and that is actually what happened and uh some people were killed a lot of people were maimed lost legs and limbs and and a lot of things kind of happened and it was a very a very traumatic um event not only for the city of Boston but certainly very reminiscent of uh you know a previous terrorist attack to make us feel vulnerable once again um but with the running of the marathon, security was extra tightened and heightened, and I would say that. And I think uh, Kim Santo is actually one of our listeners. She's actually in that area, or at least she works close to that area. Um, so it was uh, everybody on Facebook was saying that it was the safest place on earth and all that stuff, which is uh, which is great. But a couple things I wanted to go over before I get into the details of the marathon. Uh, the official distance of a marathon is actually 42.195 kilometers which is exactly 26 and 385 26 miles and 385 yards. And um, for those of you who don't know uh, where marathon comes from, which some of you probably do, surrounded by police, yes, Boston was probably the safest city on Monday. It was. Um, the name marathon actually comes from the legend of Peloponnesus. Uh, Pelopon I can't say his name, Peloponnesus. Peloponnesus, you say Penelopidetus, I say Penelopidetus. Anyways, he was a Greek messenger, and the legend goes that he was sent from a battlefield of Marathon, Greece, uh, from Marathon, Greece to Athens, Greece, um, to announce that Pers the Persians have been defeated in the Battle of Marathon, which he just fought in, um, which took place in August or September 490 B.C., it is also said that he ran the entire distance without stopping and then burst into the assembly room exclaiming, we have won, and then he collapsed and died. <laughs> so we, we do it much better than that. Even people that take, you know, four hours to do something like that or five hours or six hours or, you know, even longer than that, but they make it, they don't collapse and die, um, which is good because you don't want to collapse and die after running 26 miles and 385 yards. Uh, so I do have some information. Oh, let's click that. Is that working? I think it is. Is it working? Why can I never have a technically advanced show? I just I just want one one show that does not have any glitches. All right. Here's um I did want to kind of go through some of the things because it was Boston <laughs> and it was a very um historical event. 
there were a bunch of signs that were placed. People carried them. Um, one of the one of the ones said "We're back." Another one said "This is our fucking marathon," which is great. Um, uh, another one said, uh, oh, "Why is this glitching out?" It's not on my website. It's swear to God, it's not my website. It's just glitchy. Here we go. Uh, so another one said, "This is our fucking marathon." Uh, the official sign, or one of the official signs, was today we ran as one. Um, we ah a h Boston Strong was a good one. Um, let's see, let's see, wicked hard, but got this <laughs> hard h a h d, which I think has been diagnosed. City of Boston was diagnosed with h d h a h d. Um, a lot of support signs. Go Boston Strong. Um, Beast mode. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 26.2. It's a Taylor Swift reference. Um, go random stranger go, which is a good one. Uh, let's see. Uh, may the course be with you. It's a little Yoda thing. <laughs> oh, my God. This parade sucks. <laughs> don't poop your pants, which if anybody remembers Ida Pippin. Um that's it. It's, today is the only day it's okay to poop your pants, which is convexly. Squeeze your butt cheeks. <laughs> it's insane. Uh, run Hector. Run faster. Hector just farted. Uh, let's see. What's this? What is this one? We love you even without toenails. Boston Strong. And uh, let's see. Touch here for power. <laughs> Cold beer, seven miles Ed, <laughs> Chuck Norris never ran a marathon. First of all, Chuck Norris doesn't need to run a marathon. Marathons run from Chuck Norris. Runner's high is legal in all 50 states. <laughs> Next to it, it says, I thought they said rum. <laughs> official high five, um, uh, official high five station. At least you're not at work. Hurry up. Ken... Kenyans are drinking your beer. <laughs> Let's see. Smile if you peed a little. <laughs> if marathons were easy, they'd be called mom. Oh, if marathons were easy, they'd be called your mom. That's funny. <laughs> and uh, finally, I'll uh, get to the other one. Um, ooh, this woman put this out. Um, to runner number four five five nine, we're having a boy. <laughs> so that's the that's the marathon. Some of the signs that I thought were really uh, really fun, and of course the finishers, which the big story, um, the the uh, the the people that competed, the actual runners, the people that were in charge, um, huge news because uh, this guy named Meb, I'm going to mispronounce his name. It's Kefazigi, I think, or Zigi. Uh, from from California, American, the first time in like I don't know, like ten years, fifteen years, that I, that American has run the Boston Marathon and won the Boston Marathon, which is fantastic. Um, the next closest uh, American came in seventh from Arizona, and then it was uh, Colorado, and then so it goes: USA, Kenya, Kenya. Ukraine, Ethiopia, Kenya, USA, USA, Kenya, um, Mar. I don't know what, what is that, Marimar? I don't know, Marimar. And then three United States, and then one Japan, and one RSA, which maybe that's Russia. No, Russia would be our, our 
Our U.S., I think. As far as the women goes, uh, the woman who won last year, she's won like three years in a row, uh, Rita Jeptu uh, from Kenya. Then it goes Kenya, Ethiopian, Ethiopia, Kenya, Ethiopia, uh, Bulgaria, and then USA. Um, she's from Oregon. She made a big uh, a big thing, Shalane Flanagan. Um, oh, I just had a moth come at me. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm being attacked in my own studio by a moth. Jeez, I know Godzilla's coming out in two weeks, but fucking moth was attacking me now. Um, sorry. <laughs> just come out of nowhere. I swear to God. Um, <laughs> that was a little disheartening. Uh, but uh, that was the big story that the woman, uh, she was uh, she's from Oregon, uh, but apparently she has family in either Marblehead or Swampscott. I'm not sure which it was, um, which is really nice. So that was kind of a... And uh, an American, um, Tatiana, um, uh, Tatiana McFadden, she won in the wheelchair women, uh, the women's division. Um, and she was, uh, I don't know why they have the women, oh, wheelchair 101, that's what it is. Yeah, the women have, the men wheelchair just W, the women's wheelchair are W1 something. Uh, the, the women have to have wear an F, and then the guys just wear numbers. Uh, I, don't, I don't know why that is, it just is. So <laughs> that's how that works out. Um, he is an American citizen, even though he was only lived here for twelve years. But he got his, yeah, yeah, yeah. New record time, and that, yeah, they, uh, it was a record. The women finally broke under two twenty, which is has never happened for the Boston Marathon, which is fantastic. Um, the Ukrainian stuck around for the race after a hundred years. <laughs> I don't know what that means. He was naturalized. Yes, he was. So. So it's a very uh, it's a very good thing that the Boston Marathon happened, and then an American one, which was really good. Um, you know, it, like it's good when somebody wins, of course. Um, but to have an American win, if you know, and then we were rooting for the local girl. Um, she's from Oregon, apparently, but her family's from this area. So it was really nice to kind of have that. So that is the happening now segment so uh everything that's happening now has just happened now so that being said we're going to take a break but before we take a break a couple things i want to do um there is a game i'd like to play with you my listening audience uh before my guest before i announce my guest and my guest tonight is a very very uh funny guy um his name is ace aceto um and i'm going to put his uh information right up there in the chat very funny guy. I've actually known Ace for uh, for a long time. We worked together. Uh, unfortunately, we haven't worked together in a we haven't worked together in almost I don't know eight nine years. Um, but we used to work together all the time because I think he's mostly out of the Rhode Island area, so he's going to New York quite a bit and he's traveling. And because we're both kind of closing uh, most of the time, we don't bump into each other. So it's really good to have him on the show. But before I have Mr. Ace Aceto come on, I want to see if my listening audience feels like a playing a game. Does my listening audience feel like playing a, playing a game with me? We're going to play a game. Uh, I tried to play this game with a guest of mine a couple weeks ago, and he was not very good at it. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have my listening audience play Piano Man with me. Sing us a song, you're a piano man. Sing us a song tonight. We're going to play Piano Man. And the Piano Man is I play you a song that is played entirely by piano, and these are the top ten uh, these are current hits. These are fairly current hits. Um, some of them are brand new. Some of them about a year old. Some of them are maybe two years old. Uh, and one may be fairly older than that. But I'm going to play these. A game, yes, Kim. A game. And here's how it works. First person to get it 
Uh, first person to get a correct answer, not just throw something out. Um, game this mother. <laughs> game this motherfucker. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, but I'm gonna play a song, and you guys have to guess the song. And let's see who's really good. And this will just be a warm up for the actual games. Here we go. First one now. Kim Santo, correct, that would be Blurred Lines, that is Blurred Lines, that's how easy it is to play, here we go, so that would be the first one, and here's what we're going to do, we're going to try another one, so Kim is up against all you others, and I don't care about the delay, because Kim, Kim is on a T1 line, <laughs> second one coming up. Kim Santa is killing it. She is killing it. It was applause. Here we go. Third one in a row. See if she can make it three. A trifecta. Kim's, she posted it before it even played. No, it played. Kim's just got a faster connection. Apparently. So I played that one. Ah, uh, tough one. No points scored. Ah, oh, no points. It was. All of me. <laughs> All of me. <laughs> roar. Yes, roar it is. Katy Perry. But but it's far too late because I played the actual song. So you might be on a delay. You guys might be on a really bad delay. And that's not my fault. It's it's if you're not dealing with Comcast, I got Comcast. I know Paul's got Comcast. Kim's probably hooked up. Kim's probably hooked up to a fucking satellite dish at this point. Here we go. Fourth one.
not the Joy Love Club. Oh, Jason! I did not, I did not thought, I did not know that Jason would come up with that. Very good. Jason, you get this. Everyone else gets this. That's because it's terrible. Here we go. <laughs> Story of my life. Correct. Next one. Moving on. You can't play. <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody is good. <laughs> Anyone? Nothing? I'll wait for the delay. I'm not waiting for the translation. Okay, here we go. It was. This is our house. This is our and we can dance. And we want to do what you want. What? You could you could do what you want. You could do what you want. You you can we can do what you want. I don't care. <laughs> yes, I know my hernia is feeling better because I'm actually doing a little uh what do they call that? Bounce? A little bounce? Crazy naked bitch on the ball. That is correct, Paul. <laughs> my Miley Cyrus gives you cramps, which is ironic because she has not gotten her period yet. All right, so we're going to move on. <laughs> Last one. See who's the veterans. Come on, everybody. Seriously. Even with the delay. Come on. I got to call my guest. Give me an answer. I know you know this. Oh, I'm just, yeah. We can't stop. Phyllis is like three minutes behind everybody else. I don't know what is happening. We got to move on. It was? Just one more night, and I'm coming <laughs> 1985 rules. It does. I'm on my way. <laughs> tonight, tonight, I'm on my way. Anyway, he's on his way. Uh, and speaking of being on my way, here's what we got. Um, we're going to take our first break, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and when we come back, we are going to have a, a, a very, very funny comedian on the show. Uh, not just myself, but not teasing. Uh, but Ace Aceto will be joining us. When we come back, you are listening to Radio Irregardless with me, your host, Mark Scalia. At a wedding toast, he confessed to giving the bride chlamydia. People know him as that guy. He'll ask about your children at a urinal. 
once approached an undercover officer for drugs in front of a police station. He is the most inappropriate man in the world. I don't often drink beer, but when I do, it's at an AA meeting. Stay thirsty, my friends. This is Jody Sloan, and I am listening to Radio Irregardless. And uh, honestly, the games were really stressful for me. I've taken a little razapam so I can sleep tonight. You know what? I don't even know if I recommend this show. If you have any kind of anxiety disorder, um, yeah, don't. Don't even bother. To leave a question or comment, call the Radio Irregardless hotline at 978-219-9294. And you're back listening to Radio Irregardless with me, your host, Mark Scalia. And I'm just about ready to call our guest. And I actually like this, uh, that I can actually call uh, on the phone. Like, uh, do it and I, you know, not have them wait online and blah, blah, blah. So I just call them directly, which is actually really nice. So hopefully Ace will turn his radio down <laughs> at this point. Actually, with this delay, it won't matter too much, I don't think. So... Hello. Ace. How's you doing, man? Ace, good. Good to see you online, and even better to have you on the phone. Uh, welcome to Radio Irregardless, uh, my friend. And it's been a while since you and I have actually worked together and seen each other, but I'm glad to have you on the show um, to uh, for our wonderful listening audience, not just on, uh, on Mixler, but also through my website as well. So don't let the seven listeners forget. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Hey, we're up to ten. Right, I, I count ten. Well, you counted. You signed in twice, so don't fuck around. <laughs> oh, all right. Sorry, I didn't mean to mess you up. So, it's all right. So, tell our listening audience a little about yourself. Who are you? What do you do? Where are you from? Let them know. I'm from Rhode Island originally, and still uh, still live there. I lived uh, lived in Springfield for a year, and uh, then moved to Wakefield for about three years, and then. Moved back to Rhode Island maybe 12 years ago. So I was a big pioneer for actually moving out of the state. <laughs> <laughs> and to this day, there are still Boston comics that go, Hey, Ace, how's, uh, how is it out there in Springfield? I'm yes. like, I haven't lived there in 17 years. <laughs> <laughs> I got out as soon as I could. See, I know you to be the ro- from Rhode Island. Like, out of all the comics yeah. I ever met, you were the one that kind of stuck out like what i mean i'm talking about i mean there were guys from uh you know from the early 90s but you when did you start i actually this year um this year is my 25th year i started in 1989 oh you beat me by a year you son of a bitch. yeah but you know but you know i didn't come up to boston for you know maybe 3 years you know because i kept you know hearing from other rhode island guys like you know, if you're going to go to Boston, you want to make sure you, you've got your act kind of polished before you go up there, you know, because it's, it's way more, you know, you're way more scrutinized. And, uh, you know, there was some, there was some early, you know, comics from, uh, from Rhode Island kind of gave Rhode Island comics a bad name. Yeah. But the longer, I, the longer I've been doing it, the more I'm finding that. I don't know if it was really so much the comics' fault. We tend to get a really blue-collar uh, audience down here. And so, you know, what works down here is a lot of dirty jokes, a lot of F-bombs and stuff like that. And that's not to say that we're all, you know, blue-collar down here. But for the most part, that's what kind of worked with audiences. So then they'd go up to Boston and, you know, it was like, ah, Rhode Island comics, they, you know, 
they swear too much, they're too dirty. Well, it's kind of just what worked down here. Yeah. You know, it didn't necessarily work up in Boston. Which And I was, lu- I was lucky enough to be able to kind of, you know, figure that out early on and say, oh, all right, I'm not going to be dirty up here. And, uh, yeah, cause and I guess not, I broke through. You're not a really dirty comic. I mean, even, <clears throat> even all the times that, that we worked together in the, you know, the early 90s and the mid-90s and the early 2000s and forever ago, um, yeah. but you, you, you never struck me as dirty. It was always stuff that you, you kind of crafted and you honed, and you... I mean, even if everybody was swearing around you, you still yeah. maintained it, which was really cool. Yeah, well, you know what it is? I had done, um, the first time I got on stage, I had I had no material. I mean, I did impressions. And, and again, this is 1989, so I did things like Pee Wee Herman and Dudley Moore as Arthur, you know. <laughs> and, uh, you know, first time I got on stage, I, I literally, I fell on the stage on purpose and then did the whole, you know, the whole scene from Arthur where... Uh, he falls out of his car. He's like, wait a minute, I fell out of the car. That's the funniest thing. <laughs> and I did that getting on stage. And I did all right. And after the show, Charlie Hall, who was like the godfather of Rhode yeah. Island comedy, yeah. he made it onto Star Search. So he's, you know, he was a lot of guys' mentor down here. He came up to me after the show and he said, you know, your impressions are really good. You're, you're always going to do well with audiences with impressions. But if you really want to make it, you know, serious with comedy you have to write original material. And I said, well, what do you write? I don't even know where to start. He said, you have to write about what you know. I was 21 years old, yeah. and I had spent pretty much most of my life in Catholic school and growing up Catholic. <laughs> and so that's where most of my material came from. So I guess while other guys were doing the dirtier blue stuff, I just wrote about what I knew, yeah. you know, and it, and it was growing up Catholic and going to Catholic school. And that's kind of like the, the basis of my, you know, especially the beginning of my act, and even now. Yeah, I mean, and it's great, and it's you. You had nothing but comedy proliferation down in uh, and uh, down in Rhode Island, and you make it to New York a lot. Do you get to? You, to, to um, yeah, I mean, you know, the funny thing about New York is you can be really, really good, but unless you're ready to move there, yeah, it's it's really hard. I, you know, I, I did a couple of showcases down there, and. Uh, I basically got told, look, you're really funny. We really like you, but there's about 30,000 guys living four blocks away from here that we could call. And so if we need someone to come in and do a 10-minute spot on on any night of the week, are we going to call the funny guy in Rhode Island or are we going to call the funny guy that lives a block away? Yeah. Well, um, I had I had the similar experience. That's why I never. I loved New York and I loved the comedy scene. And there's so many good comics, and that's literally yeah. what you're describing. They're everywhere, and you know, every like everybody's an actor in L.A. Everybody's a comic in New York. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, and that's and and I see Jason just wrote in. Good luck getting stage time yeah. in New York without bringing ten friends, and that that was it. Yeah, you know, that was the other. That's the early show. That's the early seven o'clock show where bookers aren't watching you either. Yeah, exactly. Or the midnight show. It's like, hey guys, come on, you want to come for a ride? We'll, (laughs) you know, we'll leave at nine. We'll get home at four a.m. So uh, I I had, you know, originally I had planned on wanting to move to uh, to New York. I had something all lined up. I had a friend of mine who went to Berkeley for music, and he wanted to do like film scores. And uh, we were all set. We were looking around, but I didn't want to move to New York without having a decent pay job. You know, I was, again, Catholic school totally screwed me up for, yeah. for taking risks. I never wanted to take risks, so yeah. I had to have the day job lined up. And so I, uh, 
I interviewed for a pharmaceutical company. I wanted a really good, you know, solid day job. Yeah. And I interviewed on the phone, and the guy ran me through the ringer like typical New York guy. He's like, well, you know, why do you want to move to New York? And, you know, you can't say, because I want to be famous, yeah. you know. <laughs> you can't let in on that. So I was like, oh, well, I'm single. I'm, you know, I'm in my 20s. I, uh, I just want to get, you know, I, I want you know, so much opportunity down there. It's such a big place, blah, blah, blah. And at the end of the interview, the guy goes, well, you know, he goes, you sound good, but I don't have anything down here. And then two days later, or like a week later, a guy from Massachusetts called me from the same company, a new manager. And he said, uh, yeah, I'm a new manager and I'm going to be, uh, my district is from Framingham out to the Berkshires. It's great. I want, you know, Boston is my second choice. I'll move to, Bo you know, the Boston area. I said, so how about the Framingham positions? Yeah, I already filled those. <laughs> All right, well, how about uh, Springfield? I already filled those. Mm. Well, what do you have left? I have Pittsfield. <laughs> That's, <laughs> it basically started at Westfield, went out to Pittsfield, Greenfield, North Adams, you know, uh, Great Barrington. So I, I lived in Springfield and traveled out there. And then, uh, you know, I ended up meeting my wife out there. She was from Pittsfield, and uh, and then the plans of moving to New York just, just kind of changed. Or, you know, your priorities shift after a while. Yeah. So how long have you been married? I, I wasn't even aware that you were married. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, let's see, this year, well, I got married in 2000 to make it easy yes. for me to remember. <laughs> so this year is 14 years. That's, that's like me. I was like, did I get married 2010? 2011 <laughs> and i'm like i still screw up the dates As a matter of fact a friend of mine said to me he goes hey you can't do a show on the wednesday that's your anniversary i went what is it <laughs> yeah yeah exactly well no i'll never forget my anniversary because uh i get whacked fourth of july is you know i always have the fourth of july my wife's birthday is on uh the 12th and we got married on the 8th so i basically uh. get hit all that week well speaking of that my wife's birthday is on uh january 6th she's not listening better get it right <laughs> she's not listening no you know what it is our anniversary is like a date so our anniversary is the first her birthday is the second so oh, so every fourth yeah. of july is like the fourth of july birthday celebration and yep, exactly. and, and for those of you who are online right now you may notice that karen is my wife is not listening because karen oh. is actually she, my wife does uh, salem food tours so she's at the salem chamber of commerce right now dinner party uh, where she might, and unless she sent me an email, let me check real quick for a text. Um, <laughs> so let's see. Uh, let's see. Oh, she was up for uh, Businesswoman of the Year. Uh, oh, get out. Yeah, and uh, she just texted me back, nope, but nice night anyway. Home soon. Uh, yeah, so it's that's unfortunate. So I told her I was going to have a party with her anyway. So, um, But yeah, that's, so I understand the whole marriage thing. And you see, you got married later too, because you were 2000. Oh no! Well, yeah. Well, well, I was uh, two thousand. I was, uh, I was. How how old was I? I don't even know. I'm yeah. I'm a little bit older than her though. So yeah. she uh, she was younger. I was I was I don't know thirty something like that. Oh you, well, yeah, that's yeah thirty two <laughs> something like that. <laughs> Yeah, I was 32. That was, that was it. <laughs> Can't remember your own age. I, was, I, I do. You know, it's getting tough. <laughs> you know what I do? You know what I do? I scratch um, into the uh, the cell wall to remember the dates. Is that what you do? <laughs> That's what I got to do. She hasn't seen it because I got a I got a picture of Brooke Shields in front of it. Yeah, you, you got the poster in front, like the Shawshank Redemption. I do. You got a tunnel going out to the backyard, yes. too, in case yeah. you need to make a quick getaway. <laughs> Not before breakfast. That's what I'm going <laughs> to yeah, do. Yeah, right. 
So, so Ace, no, no, we haven't worked together in a long time, and I, I wish that yeah. was different. But I was explaining to the audience as well because uh, you're you're first of all you're located in a different part of New England than I am, and second, um, we both close different rooms. But you got a lot of stuff going on. Like you've been closing for a while now. Like you're like the guy now. Like Charlie yeah. Hall. Charlie Hall opened his own. Um, I think theater or something like that. So he hasn't done stand up, quote unquote, stand up in years. Um, yeah. So you're like the big gun out of New- out of uh, Rhode Island. I'm one of them, I guess. Uh, you know, I guess you could say I'm I'm one of them. I mean, we've got a couple of other ones, but uh, but I'm probably the one that uh, that travels the most. It's probably myself and PJ Thibodeau that that travel the most oh, outside yeah, of yeah. Rhode Island. A lot of Rhode Island guys, you know, like uh, John Parada, great guy, but he doesn't. You know, he's uncomfortable with moving out, you know, with really working outside of Rhode Island because he's very comfortable with his, you know, he does all crowd work and there's a lot of local references in it. So, yeah. um, I haven't worked yeah. with Broader in forever, too. And Thibodeau, uh, we just, uh, maybe three, four months ago did a uh, benefit, uh, in, in the Rhode Island area. Just, uh, oh, yeah, huge things that he does. That's, uh, yeah, I mean, you gotta, you gotta figure, I mean, benefits really how any of us are really staying alive because, uh, there's so many less clubs than there were, you know, 20 years ago. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, what I like about benefits is that people, people will give money if they feel they're getting something for it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And so, uh, so I think comedy as a, uh, as a, you know, entertainment and a benefit show is just a great, you know, it's a, it's a great marriage. Well, speaking of that, that's a nice little segue, and I'll put I'll put that in the chat. Uh, you yeah. have, and I really want to promote this because this is a really good thing. You've got some Thanks. something coming up at the Park Theater. Yes. Uh, and for those of you online, I just put it in there. It's Park Theater, E R I dot com, um, and you guys can check that out. And and Ace, tell us a little about the Park Theater. Sure. Well, what happened was I uh, a couple of months ago I was approached by the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Rhode Island for their Man and Woman of Woman of the Year. And uh, since last time I checked, I was a man. I'm running for Man of the oh, Year. Oh, I thought it was Man slash Woman. This. Yeah. No. <laughs> gotta, gotta, no now you got to explain that a little bit. <laughs> that's the Transgender Association. That's a different one. Uh, <laughs> no, I uh, I got approached for you know for the to be a candidate for man of the year. And basically it's a 10 week fundraising campaign where the candidates all raise funds over a 10 week period, any way they want, any way they can. So there's email blasts, there's, you know, personal asks, and then you can run events. So, uh, we have been running a couple of smaller events, but our big event is obviously a big comedy show. So about, uh, Three or four years ago, I came up with a concept for a show called Ace Aceto's Royal Flush Comedy Show. Yes. And essentially, it's a play on the Royal Flush, whereas normally, you get three comics on a show in an hour and a half. You get a host, and uh, a feature, and a headliner. The Royal Flush actually consists of more. You get a Joker, who's the host. You get a Jack, who's like an up-and-coming comic. And then the Queen, King, and the Ace are all headliners. Nice. Now, for this one, for the LLS, I actually added a dealer and a wild card to that as well. So we have seven comics, five of which are headliners. Um, and and what was great was you brought up Charlie Hall. I mean, the guy, you know, was basically my comedy mentor from the very beginning. Yeah. He retired from comedy a while ago from doing stand-up. He had his own uh, cabaret show. Music, yeah, the cabaret you know, show where he would do all the art on the wall. That was his big thing. Exactly. His amazing well, artist. Well, he, 
he did uh, he did uh, the Ocean State Follies. He did uh, yeah. a Mass Massachusetts version called Mass Hysteria for a while too. Mm-hmm. And then even that, he retired that a few years ago, and now he's doing this drink and dabble where you know you go out for ladies' night or guys' night out, and uh, and you know you have a few drinks, you have some wine, you have some cheese and crackers, and then he actually teaches you how to paint. Uh, you walk out of there with your own creation of a cityscape or or you know whatever other uh, painting that he he leads people through. That is so. A, I was that's so cool. That's so cool. Yeah. It's a great, great concept, and it's actually, it's funny, because I saw him doing it maybe about a year ago, and now all of a sudden you see it popping up. It's a great, great idea. Yeah. So, you know, Charlie hasn't hadn't done comedy, but a couple of months ago he approached me and said, hey, I see you doing this Royal Flush show around, and uh, I do it down in Newport Grand uh, Mini Casino down in Newport, and I've done it to Catch a Rising Star a couple of times, and he said, uh, you know, if you ever need someone, I- I'd love to do it. You know, I, I, can't, I don't want a headline or anything and do a 45-minute set, but if you need someone to do a 20-minute set, I'd be happy to. Yeah. And it was just that I was putting together this LLS fundraiser. And so I'm, I'm really, really glad I was able to get him. He is the king on the uh, Royal Flush Comedy Show. Oh, sweet, sweet. So, uh, so yeah, besides him, I've got uh, Mary Ellen Rinaldi, who uh, oh my God. is another... Used to be, to be Mar- Mary Ellen Di Petrillo. Oh, my God. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I haven't seen her in forever, too. <laughs> well, she, uh, she came on, and she's going to be the queen of the show. Nice. I have uh, a newer guy who has really taken the scene by storm. He's, uh, he's got a regular show down at Comics at Foxwoods. Uh, Wild Bill Simus, so he's the wild card. Okay. Um, Mike Murray, the Dad comic, who I know you just worked with. Uh, he said he worked with you last week. Mike's I think, good right? people, really good people. You know, he's he's a great guy, and he's a just very very inspirational. Uh, you know, I mean, you know his story. The guy was he was deaf until he was forty years old, and he yeah. got cochlear implants. And uh, you know, for the past ten years now, he can hear. So I. I kind of, he's one of my best comedy friends, one of my best friends at comedy, and he's actually my campaign manager for this fundraising uh, campaign. <laughs> and then uh, and then we've got, you know, because a deaf guy ain't going to take no for an answer, you know? Well, not just that. How can you say no to a deaf guy? <laughs> exactly. He's going to say, what? I didn't hear you. What? <laughs> and then he has his hand out. Yeah, um, <laughs> but I got him, and then I got uh, Tom Stewart. I don't know if you've worked with Tom Stewart. He used to be a traffic guy down here. Now he's, uh, he's ventured into stand-up. And then uh, we've got a show down here. It's like a morning uh, TV show called The Rogue Show. It's like a Good Morning America, but a local version of it that comes on after uh, after GMA. Okay. Uh, and they, uh, one of their hosts, this guy Brendan Kirby, is uh, is the host. He's the dealer of the deck nice. for the show. So we're really, really excited because basically we've also been able to get some uh, sponsorship for the show. And, um, and uh, so as a result, all proceeds from the show are actually going directly to the Leukemia Lymphoma Society, which is just, that's going to be great. That's fantastic. That is just, you know, it's, it's so good. And you're right. The benefit stuff, um, it keeps us working and it's, the audiences are far more appreciative uh, when they, when they, they come to a benefit show. And I think maybe uh, out of the last, uh, I don't know, 20 or 25 shows, um, 10 or 15 have been benefit shows and the audiences were just totally powerhoused. They were just, oh, it's, a, it's amazing. It's amazing how, uh, how people come and they are ready to laugh. You know, it's not, um, they're just ready to have a good time. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how else to describe it. Yeah. 
I did one in Connecticut a couple of uh, about a month ago for a Lions Club. Lions Club benefits are unbelievable. I mean, those people they just they they know how to have a good time, you know. <laughs> Well, no matter where, no matter where they are. Yeah, and so, the, the uh, lions do a lot for the community too. Yeah, it's like oh, yeah. the lions and the elks. Just, I mean, the elks will feed you. The lions, I think, lions are business people, so they either own local business and they're all philanthropic yep. and they do a ton of stuff like that. So it's good. I mean, and not just that. I mean, it helps us because it keeps us working. And, yep. you know, the comics do get paid. So, yeah. I mean, but it's certainly it's not. It's not. You know. It's not mega bucks. It's not like we used no. to make, but but certainly you can. I don't mind cashing a, a smaller check if I know that it's you know helps somebody. And I hate to say it like that because it makes me makes oh he sounds like a total douche. You know? but it's, no, it's yeah, like, but you know what? I mean, the fact of the matter is, like I said earlier, there's not as many comedy clubs as there used to be, and and really, um, you know, I, someone told me I can't remember who it was, but a you know a fellow comic. A, you know, one of the wise old sages of comedy once told me, they said, you know, uh, you, you're going to have to at some point come up with, and it's a personal decision on everyone's part, you're going to have to come up with a guideline of when you can, you have to say no, because otherwise, mm. honestly, I get reached out to at least once or twice a week to do a free show. Yeah, oh my and God. I'm sure the same thing happens to you. And at one point, you have to say no, because you just, you can't, especially now, you know, when you've got a family, I've got, you know, wife, three kids, a mortgage, and a day job. So if I'm walking out the door, I need to have a really good reason. Yeah. And, you know, and for for me, uh, you know, my personal thing, it was always, if it's for a large organization, I have to get paid. I can take less, but I have to get paid. Yeah. When I will do a free show is when it is directly for someone who has a health issue. So if it's for an individual who is going through a health crisis yeah. and they're raising funds that are going to go directly towards that person's health care or their bills or something like that. Then, then I'm all in, I'm all in for, for doing a free show. Well, there's, there's been a lot of guys like that. I mean, you know, uh, Kevin Knox, who was here, there was a ton, oh, yeah. ton of benefits for him to meet his medical things. Uh, yep. probably a good friend of yours as well. Joe Yanetti just, yep, out. he's got some, uh, he's got the same thing. Michael Douglas has, which is the throat cancer. Uh, yep, yep, um, I know. In fact, they're doing a fundraiser for him as, as we speak. Yes, Giggles, tonight. Right? And I, yeah, and <clears throat> and I couldn't make it. And I'm like, but they're going to do another one. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna get in touch with Mike Trovis. I'm gonna say, come on, let me, you know, let me come up and do ten minutes for you or whatever. And, you know, just throw my hat in the uh, the thing. But yeah, you yep. gotta. And it's not just that. I mean, we're getting older now. It's like when we're 21. It's like fuck it. I just went. Where's the beer? Where's the where's the chips? Oh yeah. No. And, and now Are you it's kidding? Like, yeah. Now it's completely different. <laughs> now you drive home, and the problem is, it's like you know, like my my wife's a dental hygienist, so sometimes she'll work on Saturday morning. So if I'm out, you know, until one o'clock, one thirty in the morning, driving back from Connecticut in the snow, uh, you know, from doing a gig. And I get home at one one thirty. My wife has to work the next morning. Guess what? Yeah. My kids don't give a shit that I was up until one thirty <laughs> in the morning. They still want breakfast, you know. I mean, they're old enough where they can make it themselves for the most part. But you know, uh, see, I'm lucky. I, I just... They still expect you to be there, you know. And and I want to be there for them. Yeah. You know, too. See, I'm lucky. I just uh, wake up my wife, and that's it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. But uh, but I'll tell you what. Well, let's uh, let's do let's do this. Let's take a quick break, and when we come back. Uh, Ace, we're going to play a, a little game, just you and I, uh, well, the audience is going to listen to, but just you, you and I, <laughs> but you are listening to radio or regardless with me, Mark Scalia. We'll be right back. 
from 1981 to 1992, saxophone usage and songs were 9 out of 10. However since 1993 modern day songs featuring saxophones have decreased 87%. Because of this, most of today's saxophones have been abandoned, and some, homeless. At the United Saxophone Usage of America, we provide songs for saxophones. We have made substantial progress, but we need your help. For just pennies a day, you can help these instruments desperately in need. Meet Kenny. He used to be a very popular sax and even made it into concert halls in multiple countries and in dozens of songs. Falling on tough times, he performs in adult films. Thanks to your contributions, he is playing in the rendition of Greece for the Robin Kowalski Middle School. Our mission at USUA is to get saxophone usage back to what it was over two decades ago. Please give to the United Saxophone Usage of America. Because we can all use a little more sax. Hey you, this is Steve Halligan, and you are listening to Radio Irregardless with Mark Scalia. For some reason, I don't even know why. I am sitting in my car on a bridge, contemplating if I should jump. I'm going to listen to the show, and if it keeps depressing me the way that it is, I'll jump. But you should enjoy yourself. To leave a question or comment, call the Radio Irregardless hotline at 978-219-9294. And you're back listening to Radio Irregardless. That was Steve Halligan. He's so fucking funny. He's just... I cut that promo. He talked for like almost 10 minutes to cut that promo. It was hysterical. I cut it all together. But now that we're back, um, before we get into any more stuff, I want to say, uh, Ace... If you know, now I did, however, just play, and this is where my listening audience understands, I did play a promo from the United Saxophone Usage of America, and I don't know if you know this, I get a dime every time I play a saxophone solo. So as, really? a, as a result, yeah, you talk about giving back to charity, I want to give, I want to give till it hurts. Um, All right. It's so now that I've played that, we're going to play uh, a, a, fun, a fun game called Sounds Like Sax to Me. And what I do is I play a saxophone solo. And as the promo did say, um, saxophones are an underused instrument at this point in time. Remember when we were kids, like 80s, 90s, um, all you'd hear is a saxophone solo in every single song. So what I've done is I've isolated the saxophone solo. I'm going to play you the solo. You have to tell me the band and the name of the song. Oh, okay. See, you sound like a guy who's in his car a lot because you're driving, and yep. sometimes to get away from the kids, you get in the car, you put on the headphones or you plug in the speakers, <clears throat> and you're like, "I'm just gonna tool out." And I'm and I you, when I played Home Sweet Home, you said 1985 rules. This is pretty much your demographic. So <laughs> okay. Now, Ace, what we do is we we have the listening audience uh, play against you directly. So. The advantage is uh, that you and I are speaking on a phone and we speak uh, to each other very quickly where, right. you know, there's no delay. But as you have witnessed, because you've been signed on, there is a delay for some of our listeners, which means right. they have the potential to be fucked on every single answer. <laughs> Even if they get it okay. right, they're still going to get it wrong. So with that, we're going to play Sounds Like Sax to me. Yeah. Get it on. Here we go. All right. Bing so, Hill theme. That, 
That was what? Benny Hilden. Yes. And that's actually uh, the name of the guy. This is a real weird reference. Boots Randolph. That's the guy that actually played on it. All right. He actually, his name is Boots Randolph, and the name of the song is Yakety Sax. That's right, Benny Hill. So now, see, my audience is already playing. They're fucking okay. cutthroat. You witnessed the piano game. They are <laughs> cutthroat with this. So every time you get a correct answer, I'll play you this. You know, this game sacks, man. And every time you get an incorrect answer, I will play you this. Okay, moving on. All right. So, are okay. you, here's the first one. Get ready. As soon as you know it, just yell it out. Men at work. Men at work. Uh, who can it be now? You know this game sacks, man. Killing it. There you go. It was this. Yes. And I got to play this. I worked hard to do this one. Who can it be? That's right. Nice. That was the and I believe one. that was 1983. <laughs> now back to the countdown. <laughs> that was good. That was very good. Uh, let's. There's one thing I want to do. Here we go. Uh, do we got? Okay. Yes. I'm all set. Yes. They were sued for use. What? Jason said they were they were sued for using Kookaburra song in one of their other songs. Wow. See, my listeners know a lot of strange shit. <laughs> Just okay. I'm telling you, just the shit they throw out is just bizarro. Okay, you got one. So so far here. Oh, I forgot my pad of paper because I'm a terrible scorekeeper. So let's see. Uh, Ace, you have yes. one, and audience has none so far. Okay. And believe me, uh, we played last week, and Matt Kona got his ass handed to him. So, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. in, a, in a bad way. In a bad way. Uh, here we go. Let's see. This is your next one. And as soon as you know it, just yell it out. It's a very long solo. Oh, Huey Lewis, Huey Lewis in the news, uh, How to Rock and Roll. Oh, really? You know this game sacks, man. He did get it. And for those of you listening at home, which most of you are. It was hard to tell at the beginning. I you like really Huey Lewis it. in the news? They're okay. Their early work was a little too new wave for my taste. But when sports came out in 83... I think that really came into their own, commercially and artistically. The whole album has a clear, crisp sound and a new sheen of consummate professionalism <laughs> that really gives the songs a big boost. For those of you listening at home, this is uh, this bad man. Well, not yet he wasn't. But, yep. He's been compared to Elvis Costello, but I think Huey has a far more bitter, cynical sense of humor. Hey, Albert. Yes, Alan? Why are there copies of the style section all over the place? Do you, do you have a dog? A little chow or something? A <laughs> uh, little point of reference. The man speaking actually was in Dallas Buyers Club. Uh, it, it's, what's his name? Um, uh, he actually won Best Supporting. And, uh, Jared Leto. Jared, yes, yes. He, that's uh, uh, he plays Paul Allen. 
No, Helen. Wow. Is that a raincoat? Yes, it is. <laughs> In 87, Huey released this for their most accomplished album. I think they're undisputed masterpieces. Hip to be square. A song so catchy, most people probably don't listen to the lyrics. But they should, because it's not just about the pleasures of conformity and the importance of trends. It's also a personal statement about the band itself. Hey, Paul! There we go. <laughs> it's totally worth it. It is totally worth it to play that. When he starts doing his little, he walks backwards and he swish shimmies. It's so funny. All right. Um, that was, uh, yes, that was How to Rock and Roll. <laughs> so that's, that's two. That was a long-winded segue. Uh, but it was completely worth it. So you have two in our listening audience, which is laughing. American Psycho, yes. Psycho, Psycho, Psycho. There we go. And here's the third one. See if you get this one, Ace. It's tricky. So far, the audience is not doing that well against you. (laughs) It's a tough one. I did not get that one. Any guesses? How about the audience? Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Two chat messages. Let's see. Uh, no, it's not quarter staff. Oh, Miami Sound Machine. It was. You got it half right, Kim. You can't think of the friggin' title. Ah, it would be. Get on your feet. Get on your feet. Wow. It's Gloria Estefan and the Miami Sound and Machine. And the Miami Sound Machine, that's right. So here's what I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Kim half a point. Half a point? Yeah, because okay. it really won't matter. Uh so here we go. This one, here we go. This is this is early nineties shit for us. Anything? I couldn't make it out. No. Oh, um, I wonder if I should listen online. She was a she was an American Idol judge for a while. Hmm. She, she always acted like she was high. Paula, oh, Paula Abdul. Yes. Was it? Um, let me think. Paula Abdul. Uh, yeah. Yes, Kim. It is Paula Abdul. Quick, name the name the name of the song before our guest. Oh, Paula Abdul. Shit, it's the. Uh, you and I, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> the one where I could tell you the video, she's dancing with a cartoon cat. No, no, not the cat. It's not that one? Uh, I don't think so. No, that was Opposites Tracked. Oh, it wasn't It wasn't Opposites Tracked, huh? It's, no, it's not something Boy Paula. Nope. <laughs> um, oh! Forever Your Girl. Cheryl got it right. It Very is? Cheryl. You must know it now. Honey, you know I ain't lying. Sing it, everybody. (laughs) 
It sounds so much clearer when she's singing than, than <laughs> on the sax. The, the, she must not have had a good sax player. No, <laughs> that is forever your girl. Now, now you know why there's no sax in songs anymore. That's because nobody can make it out. <laughs> no one can make it out, exactly. All right, so you have two. The audience has one and a half, which means this will be the one that wins. It's, this is a very, very early 80s song. Very good. Even bad sax is good sax, Kim's. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and if anyone would know, it would be Kim. Uh, all right, moving on. <laughs> Here we go. Last one. My wife would tear this song up. She loves this. I'll play it again. Any guesses? Holy shit. Yeah, it's really wow. early 80s. Now, you know, let's see, the audience is like, oh, I put Shazam uh, up to my... <laughs> uh, is, it, is it one of the Prince bands, whether nope. it's Prince or Vanity 5 or nope. Apollonia nope. 5? No. Nope. 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 It's not Jesse Johnson. It's not uh, It's not Time. Jerome, Day. It's, it's not the Time. No. Nope. It's not Morris Day nope. and the Time. No. Nope. 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 Not Apollonia. Jungle not uh, Nothing. Nothing like none that. None of those. None of those Motown, Motor City people. Okay. Nope. Um, <laughs> Jason says, "I don't know why, it's because I was barely born." Duran Duran, no earlier than Duran Duran. You have to think. Really? Yeah, you have to think really early '80s bands, British band. Wow, early '80s British bands. Yeah, uh, helping everybody on this one because I want to. I don't. I don't want to see. I don't want to see you win by half a point. Uh, fuck it. Five, four, three. Two. I don't know. Okay, moving on. It is no, not flock of seagulls. Now, do you remember it? Slept together. Oh my God! Yeah. What is it? Never, oh. never say never. It's never say never by Romeo Void. So no, never would have gotten that. You never would. <laughs> telling you. So if you played Kaja Goo Goo, I might have had a shot. Uh, I don't know if they, I don't know if Kaja Frankie goes to Hollywood. No. no, see, it's in that same Frankie goes to Hollywood. Echo and the Bunnymen. It's in that yeah. you know that genre. But unfortunately, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Ace Cicito has beaten you by half a point. And half a point, and I'm a- not even proud of myself on that. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what. I want to play one more thing for you. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? It uh, is under this. Now, uh, this is this is quick, and then we'll go back to the interview stuff after we take a break. Yeah. Um, this, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the Saw movies. I I, I really like the Saw movies. The first and second oh, yeah. was good. Uh, and then I got a little weird. And as you, as you know, um, a lot of people aren't, you know, it's tough to get work. A lot of people that was, you know, big and not getting work. So, um What's happening now is Jigsaw doesn't have any work. And I asked Jigsaw to help me do a game. Because um, I was a kid. I was not good in school. I mean, I hated word problems. I love math. Hated word problems. Jigsaw likes to kill people. So I figured I would let Jigsaw read word problems and see if you get them right, you live. And if you don't, <laughs> you fucking die. That's okay. kind of the way. So here's what I'm going to do. Get, now, I'm not going to do math. You're going to take out a pen and paper. You, you fucking better, because otherwise, he, I, 
See, <laughs> see, it's Facebook, and you sent me all your information. He cross referenced that, and he's outside your fucking house. So panic attack. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Panic. Yeah, it is a panic attack inducing game, and that's why we do it. And then we go to break so we don't die. Oh, my lovely wife just come on. Hi, honey. How are you? Um, just in time for her to get a panic attack. So, um. Now, here's where the audience gets to play, too, but they're not really that good. And the and Jigsaw does not know where they live, but he knows where you live. Oh, so if you get a pen and a pen, were you good at were you good at word problems in school? Uh, no, but I've been doing them for my with my kids for the past, uh, for the past six months. Oh, my third grader and my uh, then you, and my, you uh, might have an advantage. Grader, so. you, you might have a tremendous advantage now. Hold on, I gotta. Now you got me friggin' nervous. So I'm getting a pizza, and I'm actually rummaging through the kitchen drawers to get a pen and paper. All right, all right, I'm on. What do you think? It was gonna be easy. You think it come no. on? You thought you were gonna do like a fluff piece and move on? Holy no. shit! This is like the hardest work I've ever had to do for ten people. Oh my god. All right, I'm ready. I got right. a pen, I got a pencil, I got a paper, and I got an eraser. Okay, now he's going to read you these, and he's going to give you like five, like eight, ten seconds to figure them out. He's real. I mean, these. I thought it was a word problem. <laughs> what is this, a test? Yeah, it's kind of. Okay. Jesus. All right. Okay. Good luck. Hello. I want to play a game. Told you he's badass. This is a word game. He's all business. Live or die. The choice is yours. Example one. Okay, here we go. Nancy noticed two amusement park rides 36 feet apart. How many yards is that? 36 feet apart. How many yards is that? 36 feet apart. How many yards? Oh my God. Yards in the uh, three feet in the yard. Three, uh, twelve. Uh, Last Wednesday, twelve. It was ninety okay, degrees. Today what? it is fifteen degrees. That's cooler. the first one, right? Fifteen I degrees cooler. What was the temperature it, today? It was ninety degrees last Wednesday. It was fifteen degrees cooler. How cooler? How? What? The, what was the temperature today? Example three. Oh shit! <laughs> Seventy-five. Seventy-five. Good. <laughs> What? I, I can't hear. He had a hundred seventeen muffins. No, a hundred and seventeen, and she cooked night. Fuck! Wait, 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 dude! I need a translator. What the fuck is he saying? Okay. It's a, it's a big turtle. Is a big turtle was 145 pounds. He weighed five times more than the little turtle. How many? Fuck! Of the 100 children in grade five and six, three quarters have pets. Forty children have a dog, and 18 children have a cat. How many children have other kinds of pets? Oh fuck! Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, 40 plus 82 equals 58. 100 minus 58 is uh, 42. Oh, the audience. The audience knows Jigs. Ace is going to get a visit from Jigsaw. Yeah, just fucking show me. 
<laughs> the good thing is I got an hour head start on him. I'm an hour away. Let him find me. You, you still got time. Uh, uh-oh. I didn't hear I'm... half the question. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Uh, uh, Ace, I hate to tell was you. That, was that Jigsaw or was it Gary Busey reading the fucking question? <laughs> Gary Busey likes to talk to things. Gary Busey likes to talk to things. How you doing today, Gary Busey? If you like. I said Gary Busey. <laughs> How you doing today, Gary Busey? I'm doing just great, Gary Busey. <laughs> I like Gary Busey. He's crazy. Yeah. Back shit crazy. <laughs> Back shit crazy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to make sure that... Uh, Ace is gonna bundle up his house. We're gonna get him an AD- <laughs> ADT package before Jigsaw comes to get him. I'm gonna tabulate the score, and when we come back, uh, we're gonna have more conversation with Ace Aceto, uh, amazing comic. Um, but I don't know if we're gonna get a chance, so we got to make it quick. So you're listening to Radio Irregardless with me, Mark Scalia. Love food and wine? Get to know Salem Mass in a fun and delicious way. Join me on a Salem food tour. Our five-star rated walking tour gives guests the perfect opportunity to enjoy an afternoon with friends or coworkers. Great for locals and visitors, our tours book in advance and can be crafted for your special event. For more information on our tours and to make reservations, please visit us at SalemFoodTours.com. Hi, this is Paul Kravitz. You're listening to Radio Irregardless, hosted by Mark Scalia. Or is it with? I don't know, but you're listening to it, and that's the important thing. To leave a question or comment, call the Radio Irregardless hotline at 978-219-9294. Oh, and, and you're back for, at Radio Irregardless. With me, I your made it. host Mark Clay. And Jigsaw has not come to his house yet, so Ace is still with me on the line. Nice. So uh Ace, um Ed, I wanna touch base with you on a on a couple other things. Um and I put up your website. If you guys want to see him, he's uh, Ace Aceto, A C E T O. So it's Ace Ace Toe, if you actually yes. phonetically spell it. On Twitter, you can follow him too, because Ace uh, punches up a lot of funny stuff on Twitter. And Facebook, it's Ace Aceto. You can do capital A's on both, or you can do uppercase on everything. And definitely go uh, to the parktheatereri.com, parktheatereri.com, and look up his uh, the big benefit he's doing. It's this Saturday, correct? It's, yeah, it's this Saturday. 7 yeah. o'clock, doors open. Yeah, and tickets are, do you know how much offhand? They're uh, $25. All, like I said, all proceeds are going to the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. So we have uh, $25 for regular seats and then $35 for VIP which will include a, uh, a meet and greet with the comics after the show. Oh, sweet. You know, a lot of people were do- uh, have been doing that, and I'm like, I feel kind of celebritified or celebrity-esque when somebody yeah. goes, oh, yeah, you can meet the comics. I'm like, who the fuck am I? Just a guy telling jokes, and it's, it's actually kind of cool. 
because people people kind of get into that. They like that. Yeah. Which is it's, kind of you know, it's amazing. It's funny. I mean, the second time I was ever on stage, I had some girl come up to me with a napkin and go, can you sign this or in case you're famous someday? I'd, I'd love to see her, like, now. Okay. And <laughs> say, hey, how's that napkin working? <laughs> in in case you're shit. famous. Yeah. Would you yeah, punch me exactly. so I could sue you in case you have money later? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so that, you'll, get better, you, you'll get better use out of the napkin if you wipe yourself with yeah. it. <laughs> So, so speaking of that, and before I let you go, I do this with all my uh, with all my guests, whether they're musicians or uh, comedians or actors, whatever they are. I always ask them about the best gig and the worst gig, and you have to tell the best one first because, as you okay. know, with twenty five years worth of experience, the worst gigs are always better stories. So, if you would, yeah. wouldn't mind, tell me and the listening audience. What was one of, I mean, 25 years, you probably can't need the best gig, but how about yeah. one of the best or a great gig? Um, two, two great gigs. Well, I'll, I'll make it quick. One was last year. I, I did a benefit, another benefit show for the uh, Station Fire Memorial Fund. Um, it, was, uh, it was awesome. I was on the show with Craig Gass and with uh, Don Jameson and uh, Jim Florentine from, uh, from that metal show. It was just a, an amazing, amazing show just to be part of. Uh, another great one was probably opening up for Luca Vandross. Um, it, was, it was unbelievable. It was uh, probably one of the largest crowds I had ever been in front of. I had only been doing comedy maybe six or seven years and got asked to do it. And it it's a theater that was uh, down here in Rhode Island called the Warwick Musical Theater. And it was one of those in the round theaters, like you have. Is the North Shore? Is that like the North Shore Music? Yeah, the North Shore. Yeah, the North Shore Music Theater. <clears throat> right, in my it was back, not, right in my neck of the woods. Too. Yeah, it was just it was just like that. Um, uh, so that was those were probably two of the greatest ones. Nice. Oh, I was I was semi distracted. I was listening to you, and then I was going to punch up your your clip. But instead, what I'll do is I'll put the clip in so people can watch the entire clip at their sure. leisure later on. Um, so the best gigs, uh, the the theater and around. I'm sorry, what was the venue again? It was uh, it was the Warwick Musical Theater. Oh, the which Warwick. Was a theater. Yeah. yeah, it was a theater in the round. It was great. I had the I had the benefit of opening up for three years in a row. I got to open one year. Uh, Huey Lewis in the news. Uh, the next year was Luther Vandross, and then the last year was Engelbert Humperdinck. <laughs> I don't mean to brag. Was it was it rags to riches? No, that was. Uh, that, was <clears throat> no, that was Tony Bennett. I would have I would have died to have opened up for him. No, Engelbert was after the lovin'. <laughs> oh, the after the lovin'. Yeah, exactly. A uh, little bizarre, so, little uh, secondary reference. Tony Bennett just played. The North Shore Music uh, Theater. Oh, did he? Yeah, and uh, my niece, who was Miss Massachusetts, uh, posed with him at a hotel in New Hampshire when he was in New Hampshire. And I'm like, get out! No, and my wife and I like um, uh, "Fly Me to the Moon." His version was our wedding song. Um, oh, was it? So she's like, I got to meet Tony Bennett. I got to meet Tony Bennett. Like everybody we've known, fucking met Tony Bennett except, except us. for her. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the Sorry. second thing is. Um, Yes, it's marketing with a desperate bouquet. Uh, I don't know what that means. Um, somebody's typing. Um, and then, and of course, the worst gig. And again, just pick one. <laughs> the worst gig. Okay. Yeah. I, it was one of my first paying gigs. Uh, I got hired to do a place called Mickey's in Northern Rhode Island. It was one of my first paying gigs. And it was Adam and Eve strip comedy date night. I can't even make that shit up. So the, 
Go on. The way the, Go the, on. The way the show ran was you were the comic and you were the host of the show. So what you did was you did a 10-minute set up front. Then you brought up the female stripper. She went up and danced. And the crowd was all couples because it was Adam and Eve night. So uh, they, the female would dance. And what was funny was all the guys just, you know, they're quiet. Tongues hanging out of their mouths, eyes hanging out of their heads. And then you would go up as a comic and you would do another 10 minute set. And then they would bring the male stripper up. And that is when all hell broke loose. Because that's when women just go out of that shit crazy out of their minds when, when it was, uh, when it was uh, the guys up there. So, uh, and then they would have a second show. So it was, <laughs> it was two shows. And you got to remember, I started when I was 21. I looked like I was about 15. Yeah. So I literally walked through the door and a lady, the, the owner, gave me a hard time because she wanted, she, she was trying to card me. She was trying to check my license. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm one of the comics. And she, she kept on giving me shit saying, you're not one of the comics. We get, you know, you're, you're too young to even be in here. I'm like, no, look, here's my license. And sure enough, you know, I see after about 10 minutes, I finally got in the door and, uh, <laughs> and did the show, but it was definitely one of the most uncomfortable nights of my life. <laughs> I wish, yep. see, I, I've got just different stories about people throwing shit and things like that. Like, well, I mean, that was, the, that was crazy because I was new. I mean, I, I, even now you still have bad shows. I mean, probably the worst one recently was I got hired to do a, a Catholic high school, uh, 30th reunion and so one guy thought it would be a great idea because he saw my clip he saw that i did stuff about growing up catholic and going to catholic school great idea well they didn't have a sit-down meal it was an all-boys school they didn't invite the wife so it was literally these guys who haven't seen each other in 30 years just Mm -hmm. getting together the bullshit and they had one of their own who had done a little bit of comedy go up and try and introduce me and he goes, all right, folks, listen, uh, you know, I know everyone's having a good time. Uh, you know, why don't you find a seat? And uh, we got, you know, we got a comic coming up in a couple of minutes, and uh, he's going to entertain us. He's really, really good. You know, I mean, the guy did a good job trying to get, you know, the audience engaged. But these guys wanted no part of comedy. Yeah. Was, they were there, to, you know, to, to reminisce and kind of talk to each other. That's that's what they, I tell. That's what I tell people. I got hired for a Christmas party. And they're like, oh, this is going to be great. And now what I do is private. I don't do any more than 30, and I get ext- I get crazy money. Yep. And I, was yep. Like, and I said to them, I go, they go, oh, they're great. They're great people. They're, gonna, they're really good. And I go, they could be fantastic. I could be hysterical. What you're actually doing is saying, hey, we're having a great time. We're drinking and we're having fun. Let's stop that. And listen to this guy we don't know talk for 30 minutes. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and so that's exactly what it was. And yeah. you know how it is. Oh. You get, you, you, when you start doing stuff and you're doing your material and it's not working, what do you do? You switch over to crowd, crowd work. work. So yep. I, switch, I switch over to crowd work and these guys fucking hate me. I go, I look at one guy and said, <laughs> buddy, you haven't cracked a smile at all. Everyone's like, whoa finds out he's like the enforcer for the mafia guy that owns a couple of strip clubs in Providence. I'm like, great. I'm fucking with the absolute wrong person. I'm going to end up in the trunk. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah. So and, and that's probably the worst in general to exactly your point yeah. is putting a comic in a non-comedy atmosphere. Yeah. Like, 
you know, I tell people when they want me to do a show, it's like, okay, are you billing this as a comedy night or is comedy just part of the night? Because that's going to determine the money and that's going to determine how long I'm going to put myself through yeah. the shit that I'm going to have to take for it. I just I just love it. It's like, oh, we just had dinner. Let's, oh, son of a bitch. Yeah. All right, everyone, shut up and sit down. It's going to make <laughs> us laugh. That's the intro. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that's the intro. Hey, asshole, shut the fuck up and sit down. This guy's coming to make us laugh. Yeah, come on, Charlie, 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 don't be a fucking asshole. This guy's going <laughs> yeah. to And that's the intro. So I'll tell you what, Ace. Um, I actually got to wrap the show up now because we've we're 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 having a great time. But uh, I you, I thank you so much for for being on. Uh, my listeners, go see Ace no matter where he is, whether it's down in Rhode Island or whether it's up here. Um, you need some air in the trunk. Bang bang. bang. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. <laughs> that was Paul's line. <laughs> He's irrigating. He's irrigating the trunk for you. Um, <laughs> but thank you so much. And guys, uh, this weekend he's going to be up at the Park Theater. Is it, did I say it wrong? Where yep, no, it's the Park Theater. Oh, yeah. It's just a, as I say on, as I said on the road show the other day, it's the fancy way of saying it. The Park Theater. <laughs> it's 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 spelled R E at the end, oh. and it's uh, parktheaterri.com, or you can get tickets at the door. Uh, doors open at six thirty. Showtime's at seven. All right, and definitely, and and besides that, what else you got coming up? Anything? Uh, do any TV <clears throat> work? Uh, well, the yes. Royal Flush, I've got down in Newport Grand every other month. So our next show is going to be on June. We've got a June, August, October, and uh, December. Uh, once we get, uh, once Catch uh, a Rising Star opens back up in a new location in Providence, uh, which we don't know yet, but once they get going, we're going to have a show there. Nice. Uh, Comedy Connection in East Providence, I'm, I'm looking to try and get it there in the fall as well, so. Well, definitely. So it's, just it's, it's, check out the website. That's yeah, where the schedules are. Go to his website, uh, friend him on Facebook and Twitter, follow him all and all that stuff. And uh, Ace, maybe at some point you and I get to work together again soon because it's uh, it's been great having you on, man. Definitely, man. Thanks so much for having me on. All right. I appreciate it. Ace Aceto, everybody. Thanks so much. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Ace Aceto. Um, fantastic guy. Really sweet out of a guy. Very funny on stage. And uh, I put in the YouTube clip. So if you guys get a chance, definitely go check him out uh, first online and then uh, go see him in person. So, um, uh, ladies and gentlemen, before I let you go, I actually was checking to see if there was any email or there was any phone calls. And there are... Da, da, da. There are none. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm about to wrap the show. But before I do, um, selfless promotion on my behalf, because uh, I've I've actually, uh, my wife gets on me because she's like, you're marketing, and Paul's marketing, everybody's marketing and doing the whole thing. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you where I'm going to be tomorrow night. And for those of you who can make it, it is a very, very, very... Um, uh, fun show the Salem um, Arts Festival and I'll just put everything in that way you can check and pick and see it's called Fire and Ice and the Salem Arts Festival uh, for the uh, Salem Arts Festival and it's going to be at Finn's at the Pickering Wharf upstairs in their uh, their hall uh, tickets are $25 a person even includes a silent auction shh don't tell Purchase your tickets in advance or stop by the Salem Chamber of Commerce to buy in person. Um, and I do not know if you can get them at the door. You might, but I put up a Facebook link and the other link to um, uh, for you guys to kind of check that out. Because I'm not just telling you about the event. I'm actually going to be MC in the event. 
the event tomorrow night. Uh, so it's kind of a kind of a fun thing. So I get to MC, which uh, I love MCing. I just it's fun. It it gets me to use as a uh, gets me in use as a comic, as an actor, performer. Uh, it goes yes tomorrow night. Yes, tomorrow night is Thursday night. Yes, it is, Paul. Uh, so yes, you can come see that if you like. Um, and uh, the twenty five dollars that includes uh, Karen. Does that include food? Is there any food? No. It's going to be awesome. Oh, there's food, dancing, fabulous show, live music, and moi. What more could you ask for for 25 bucks? Oh, what more could you ask for 25 bucks? Is that, you should, that's the way I read it. Oh, what more could you ask for 25 bucks instead of what more could you ask for 25 bucks? There you go. See how uh, punctuation makes a huge difference. So, and that's uh, that's where I'm going to be um, Thursday night, um, tomorrow night, and uh, which uh, is going to be April 23rd, 2014. And on Saturday night, doing a huge benefit, as Ace and I were talking about, uh, benefits for the Naples Fire Department in Naples, Maine. Um, and that's going to be a huge event. There's supposed to be like 200, 250 people there. Um, and it's a way to raise money for the Naples Fire Department and all the good things that all the fire departments do. And if you're in the um, the civil servants if you're a cop or a firefighter or something like that, or you know, it's sometimes it's a very safe environment, and sometimes it's uh, it's hell on earth. So uh, that's why I try to do a lot of benefits for the uh, for the cops, for the fire department, and all that. So that's where I'm going to be on Thursday and Saturday. Friday, I am not currently working, but if uh, anybody's around, and they need somebody to come tell jokes in the living room. I would do that, but um, I'm not going to do that tonight. So that's pretty much our show. <laughs> so ladies and gentlemen uh, thank you for being a part of Radio Irregardless with me your host Mark Scalia if you want to do a promo if you want to do a guest if you want to be a guest if you want to be a sponsor email me at Radio Irregardless at gmail.com markscalia.com 978-219-9294 have a great week we'll see you next week this has been Radio Irregardless hosted by Mark Scalia your non-standard blend of irrespective listening and regardless enjoy. Radio Air Regardless was written, directed, and produced by Mark Scalia and broadcast live from Salem, Massachusetts via Mixler.com. I'd like to thank my on-air guests, courtesy of Skype, and all the online listeners for their comments. The Radio Irregardless theme music, If Only I Had a Pen, was written and composed by Derek Dupuy. All material and content, property of MS Enterprises, and copyrighted 2014. Thank you for listening. And finally, anyone who uses the terms irregardless, a whole nother, or all of the sudden shall be sent to a work camp.